Welcome to Action Chapel International. We are one church in many locations worldwide. We are so excited that you took the time to join us today to feed on God's word and to enrich your spirit. We know that your life will never be the same. Now please join us for this powerful message. Thank you for coming. It's good to have you in the house of prayer for all nations. And those of you online, on Dominion Television, across the nations of the world, thank you for tuning in. We are thankful to God for every one of you. With our hands lifted up all over the place, say, Heavenly Father, thank you for loving kindness, for tender mercies. We register gratitude to you for loving kindness for your tender mercies for how far you brought us thank you for not giving us up to death thank you for divine escapes thank you for divine preservations and exemptions from consequence in the name of Jesus now let yokes be broken, let chains be destroyed, let burdens be lifted, let the word of the Lord have a free course, let the Holy Ghost have his way like never before. In the name of Jesus, we release the atmosphere, we free the atmosphere, let God arise in the midst of us, let his enemies be scattered. In Jesus' name, put your hands together and give him praise. You may be seated in heavenly places. Good to have you in church. To all of you, thanks for coming. And to our sister, Emma Amagoffrey, we thank God for you and the entire family and friends and loved ones that are here. Thank you. For some time now, I've been Seeking the Lord to have understanding and clarity about some issues. Trying to make sense of some unanswered questions and what you may call a stubborn situation. Situations and circumstances that seems like they won't change or they are refusing to change. And the other night, I had prepared a message on whisperings, whisperings. Because anytime there's an election, you hear a lot of whisperings going on, especially these days of social media, a lot of whisperings, even about the coronavirus. The other day, a lady came to me for prayer, and she was traveling, and uh, she was going to go to Europe and there to the Americans. And she came for me to pray for her protection. And I said, I haven't seen you in church for a while. And he said, oh, Papa, you know Corona. The Corona, it, uh, it moves around. You know, and I said, but it doesn't live in the church. And uh, she was talking to me about her concerns about coming to church because of the Corona. And I said, but you are going to sit in a plane for six hours to Europe and then seven to eight hours to America. How about that? Staying in the air for that long. And you don't have faith to come to church an hour, 30 minutes, that God can protect you. And she said, you know, I haven't thought about that. The circulation. I said, but eight hours, six hours circulation in a plane compared to one hour, 30 minutes in the church. And she said, Papa, you are right. I'll come to church when I come back. You know, but it's all based on whisperings. Whisperings. A lot of whisperings going on. <clears throat> And even the signs are confused themselves. Today they say this, tomorrow they say this. Next time they say airborne, so even if you are in your compound, it can come through the wall. <clears throat> if you shut your airport, it can come through. And the borders and all that, it don't make sense. But I think the end of the day is, it's a matter of one faith in God. Having faith in God that 
The God that protects you whether you stay home or you go to town or you go to work or church, that God that protects you at home can protect you anywhere. You've got to have that faith because if you don't, for the next two to three years, uh, you probably may just have to stay where you are and not move. But um, the just shall live by his faith. And anything done without faith is sin. So you want to have faith. But as I saw the Lord, the Lord began to deal with me. And I was strongly convicted. And the Lord said that, my son, you and my children, <clears throat> you are not praising me. That all I'm hearing is complaints, complaints, complaints. You're complaining about everything. Your prayers are full of complaints. There is no thanksgiving. You are not praising me. Where are my praises? And I started thinking, I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I repent, forgive me. And I realized that it's true, that we're not praising God. We are binding, we are losing, we are praying, we are complaining, we are talking about everything, we are afraid, we are being careful about everything. But the one thing we are not doing is praising the Lord. We're not praising him for his goodness, for his mercies, and for everything he has brought us through. I've seen and prayed for people in this house, home and abroad, people who concerns us, far and near, who were positive and did not die and made it. They were in difficult situation. Some of them, they were pronounced dead. They weren't going to come back. Brains and everything shut down. Through prayers and faith, they revived and came back. Went to church, gave thanksgiving. I have to send tapes and things to rejoice with them, to thank God. And if I see the things God has done, for whatever reason, it looks like we are just focusing on the negative things. That the things that are wrong, the things that are not right, the prayers that have not been answered, the challenges that are still there, and the things God, has, God hasn't yet done. But we are not focusing and praising him and thanking him for what he has done. All we keep doing is complaining about what he hasn't done, not giving thanks for the things done, focusing on all the things that are wrong in our society, and not thanking God for the things that are right and good in this country and in our very life. Everything is negative and bad and negative and bad. And the Lord said, hey, you are not praising me. And my people are not praising me. I've done a lot for you and my people, but you're not giving me thanks. All I keep hearing is complain, 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 and whispering and memory and whispering and memory. And God appalls it. And I have repented. I hope and trust that through this teaching, you will also repent and have a better attitude towards God. And one of the reasons why we must praise him is the fact that when you know what God is capable of doing and you come before him, First of all, you acknowledge him for who he is and what he can do. When you go to see Mr. President of this nation or any nation, you don't just walk in there anyway, anyhow, and say, sir, uh, we have a request. We need your help. You go and you follow protocol, your excellency. You don't just start there and just come in and you are requesting something. You come in, acknowledge the office, acknowledge who he is. Address him and follow protocol. Give respect and honor. Then you sit down. And then conversation begins. In the mix of the conversation, you then ask or appeal or petition. That Mr. President, we need your favor. We need your intervention. I want to see social and so minister. And we are told that it is in your power to do this or to do that for us. It is the way we come before him. And for whatever reason, it looks like we are programmed to complain about everything. To be critical of everyone and everything and even ourselves. And we don't have an attitude of gratitude. It's like nothing is enough. We complain and complain and murmur and, and that has a way of good putting God up. So I'm first of all repenting. Yes, number one, I'm repenting for not praising God as it is required and expected of me. And I'm asking you two to repent. 
ask for you, you need to repent double times. Double repentance. Come with me. I'm, I'm preaching on the sacrifice of praise. The sacrifice of praise. Praise in times like this is a sacrifice. Yeah. It's a sacrifice. Because it's difficult to praise God when things are tough. It's difficult. Like the times we live in. It's very easy not to praise God. Yeah. It takes sacrifice to praise God. It takes a sacrifice to be a giver, to tithe, to share what you have with others. Because in difficult times, we become self-centered and selfish. Everyone is thinking about themselves and personal survival, survival of the fittest. But that is not how it works with God. For God, in difficult and in trying times, he requires of you and I to praise him. Because with God, nothing shall be impossible. And with God, all things are possible. And he said, I am the Lord God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Yeah. It's difficult to believe these things. When a particular situation keeps staring at you, I call them stubborn situations. Yeah. Things refuse to change. Same old story. Doesn't matter what you do. It's like nothing seems to be working out for you. How do I praise God when I am down? When the odds are against me? How do I praise God when I'm rejected and forsaken, despised, mocked at? When I'm like public ridicule? And when the very people you've helped and empowered becomes tools in the hands of the enemy to afflict you and turn at you? How do I praise God? How do I keep giving, fighting, doing what is required of me when everything is against me? That is why it's a sacrifice. It's a weapon that is required that can turn your captivity around. When you give God praise in the mix of the trials, in the mix of the difficulty, it gives God authorization to step out of eternity into time and to turn the tables in your favor and to turn the ties in your favor, somebody put your hands together and say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. As difficult as it might be, may I submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, hearing the sound of my voice, no matter where you are, that praise is a necessary requirement or tool or weapon in difficult and in trying times that turns things in your favor and has a way to silence the voice of your accusers and has a way to rebuke demons and evil and the adversary. Somebody put your hands together and give him praise. Praise simply means, I know you are capable. You are capable. I know you have what it takes to turn the ties in my favor. I know you can turn my mourning and grief into dancing. I know you are still the God of good times and the God of bad times. I know you are the God of the mountain and the God of the valley. I know you are the God of the night and the God of the day. Yeah. Praise means to halal, yada, toda, barak, shaman. In the mix of all the difficulties, against every art and contradiction, I know my God is able, like Job said. I know my Redeemer liveth. I know my Redeemer liveth. So irrespective of what I feel, praise is not about what you feel. It's about what is required. Praise is about knowing who your God is. That even if it doesn't come through for you, 
when you want him to come through for you, that he's still God and he's still capable. Yeah, and it requires of us to praise him. Because ladies and gentlemen, God has done so much for you and I. And a lot of us are silenced about it, sitting on it, and having been thankful and giving him praise, and there are serious consequences for that. Come with me to Psalm 50 and verse 23. Psalm 50 and verse 23. Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me. How many of you want to glorify God? Come on, somebody. You want to glorify him no matter how you feel, who you are, where you are. God says, whenever you praise me, you glorify me. And you are setting your conversation right and therefore, I will show you my salvation. Salvation here means deliverance. Psalm 91 verse 16, he said, he will satisfy you with long life and show you his salvation. So ladies and gentlemen, there is something about praise that when you praise him, when you praise him, you compel him to show you his salvation because praise is glorifying him. And God deserves to be praised. He deserves our praises. He deserves to be glorified. And he said, anytime you praise me, you glorify me. And so, don't deny him of the pleasure of his glory. For he deserves it. You and I were created for his pleasure. And whenever we hold back praise, we deny him of pleasure. Whoso offereth praise glorifies me. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together and give God some glory. Glorify him. There is something about praise that it glorifies God. You know, I was telling them, I was telling them in the first service that when the Asante Hine, the Otunfo, is walking, there are these ladies who have been trained and They've been trained in a special way and they know how to speak the accolades of the king. And they know exactly the words. They order their conversation right. And when the Otunfo is walking, they say things like this. Nana, nana, nana bro. Nana bro. Nana bo, nana tiemue. Nana nye, nana nye. Otunfo, osajifo, nana no no. Those words and sayings, as soon as the king sits down, he calls the old and says, who is that lady there? He says, give her a land. Give her a land. God is worthy of our praise. And praise is a necessary demand and requirements of you and I, of our king and of our maker, that irrespective of what's going on, God said, I deserve your praises. Many are dead. These are trying times in the history of humanity. I know things because of the office I occupy. I know things, I hear things that I don't even discuss with my wife because what I do doesn't permit me to discuss everything. Sometimes you ask me, uh, what are you discussing? What's going on? Who is that? What was that? And I said, nothing. He said, every time it's nothing. I said, yes, it's nothing. If, if I have to tell you, I'll tell you, but I don't have to. Amen. So I know things. And, and, and sometimes you can appreciate what God has done for you. If you know the stories of others, the sorrows and the pains of others, you'll be thankful for who you are, what you have, and where you are. Sometimes we look at others and we want to be like them. If only you know what's going on in their life, you will thank God for who you are and where you are, and you will never want to be like others. Come on, somebody. You don't have to have what others have to give thanks. Whoso, whoso offers praise, glorifieth me. Today, let's repent of grumbling, memory, complaining, 
being critical over everything and over everybody. I have come to a place where I have decided that I'm not going to worry myself about too many things. And I'm going to overlook too many things. There are too many things. I just overlook them and I won't pay attention because whatever you pay attention to will give you direction. When you give the devil direction, attention, he will give you direction. And I refuse to give the devil and negative things attention. I don't want the devil to determine my direction in life. So it's not like I don't see and I don't hear. I see and I hear a lot of things, but I've also decided that I am not going to give my attention to some things. Let's move on. To Psalm 22 verse 3. Psalm 22 verse 3. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. What does it mean by thou art holy? This word thou art holy means, but thou art different. You are different from other gods. You are unique. You are outstanding. You are awesome. You blow my mind. I stand in awe of you. You cannot, nobody can be compared with you. You live in your own world. You sit on the circles of the earth. You came out of eternity into time to decree and to declare and to reveal yourself. And you say, let there be light and there was light. And you said to the waters of the earth, gather yourself at one geographical location. And you place a perpetual decree on the waters that the waters may not come into town. And it was so. Who is like unto thee? Excellence in praise. Fearful in battle. Come on, somebody. Put your hands together and say yes. You inhabit the praises of your people. There is something about magnifying and praising God. That he comes and he dwells among us through our praise. Yeah, we enthrone him. As king of all kings and as lord of lords and as the almighty. He's above all. He's greater than all. And when we praise him, he comes and dwells among us. And in his presence is fullness of joy. You want real joy? You want to be free from depression, anxiety and oppression and grief. Ladies and gentlemen, learn to praise him irrespective of how you feel. It doesn't matter the other day. The young prophet said, he said, when I fall, rejoice not over me, my enemy. For I will rise again. And he said, when I sit in darkness, rejoice not over me. For the Lord is a light unto me. Are you hearing me, somebody? Don't let your circumstances determine your praise. That's why we call it the sacrifice of praise. I'm praising you even though I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. I don't want to. If I have my way, I don't want to say anything. I just want to be quiet. I just want to sleep. But God said, it is in those times and moments when you don't feel like it that I require of you to acknowledge that I am still God. It is in those times and moments that I need you to open your mouth. And I need you to recognize who I am. And what I'm capable of. Because praise is a statement that you and I make. That I know that you are able and capable of changing my situation. And you will. It doesn't matter how long it takes. Like Joseph, I know that my Redeemer lives. Do you know that he's capable? When you come before somebody... And you know that the person is capable of doing something about your situation. You don't just come first with requests. You come by acknowledging the fact of who the person is. And the fact that they have what it takes to make a difference and capable. Thou that inhabit the praises 
of your people. Come with me to Isaiah. No, to Psalm 100. To Psalm 100 and verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. And into his courts we pray. Be thankful unto him. Yeah. Bless his name. Be thankful. The word thankful means be, be grateful. Be grateful. Have an attitude of gratitude. It is said that every success we achieve in life, irrespective of your background and the color of your skin or the school you attended, that 12 and half percent of the success we achieve in life is a result of knowledge we acquire by education, skill and IQ, 12 and half percent. And 87 and half percent of the success we achieve in life is a result of the right attitude. Somebody say attitude. So attitude is everything. I know people who are so educated and have a bad attitude and their attitude disqualifies them. Very good, but have a bad attitude and therefore they don't go anywhere. And I know people who don't have what others have, but because they have the right kind of attitude, they go far in life. Everything has to do with attitude. Put your hands together and thank God for attitude. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Don't just come before him with request, request, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. That is a selfish way of thinking and living. But when you come before him, recognize who he is. And that he is God all by himself. And that he can do anything whether he does it or not. You see, the three Hebrew young men had the right kind of attitude. They said, we know that our God is able to deliver and he will. And if even he decides not to deliver, we will still not compromise. But we know that our God is able to deliver and he will. You praise him when you know what he's capable of doing. We complain too much. We complain about everything. We complain about God. We complain about country. We complain about government. We complain about opposition. We complain about ourselves. We are critical about everything. Is there any good thing about God? Is there any good thing about country? Is there any good thing about you? With all the wrong about this country, do you know how many people have been saved from this coronavirus? Very important people that I know of that have been flown into this country and have been saved. Can we be thankful for one thing? How many things do you give thanks of? How many things do you thank God of? What are you thankful of? Is there anything you are thankful of? With all the bad and the negative things, can you acknowledge one or Two things about your husband, your wife, your father, your mother, or your children, or your loved one, or your sibling, to say, I, I give thanks to God for this or for that or for this or for that. Why is it all bad things? Why is everything just gloom and bad and dark and naked? I dare you to change the narrative. You can't come before him without thanksgiving. You can't enter his gates without praise. Praise, ladies and gentlemen, is the key that unlocks the gates or the door into his presence. You don't come in there without praise. You come in there by acknowledging who he is. You speak well of him. And that gives you access into the presence. And the reason why so many people are depressed oppressed and grieved and down in life is because they haven't learned to be thankful. They haven't learned to praise him. I dare you to praise him. Come with me. 
to Isaiah 16 and the 18 verse. Isaiah 16 and the 18 verse. Violence shall no more be heard in thy land. You, you have to mark that one. I love that one. Because we, we hear the voice of violence and the voice of threatenings and the voices of intimidation and the voice of distraction. Yeah. Even in countries like America, we are hearing the voice of civil war, unrest, all kinds of things in this election year. We hear all kinds of voices of violence, destruction, yeah. fears, intimidation, threatenings. But go ahead, read it again. Violence shall no more be heard in thy land. Violence shall no more be heard in thy land. Do you believe it? And there is something that brings the fulfillment of this scripture. It is in when we praise him that it removes violence from our land. That our land becomes a place of delights. Go ahead. Wasting no destruction within thy borders. No more wastage or destruction within our borders. Let that be vanquished from our borders. Say amen. Go ahead. But thou shalt call thy walls salvation. Your walls shall be called salvation, deliverance. And thy gates praise. And thy gate praise. Let the gates of this nation be called praise. Are you hearing me, somebody? That we will become a people that speaks well of God that allows our atmosphere to be conducive for progress, conducive for investment, conducive for outsiders and for people and for strangers and for citizens of the country to prosper and do well within their own land. Thy walls shall be called salvation and your gates shall be called praise. Put your hands together for that. Philippians 4, 6 to 7. Be careful for nothing. He said, be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. You see? But in everything by, by prayer. prayers, supplication. What is the request? The request is whatever is bothering you. Yeah. You want God to do something about a situation that concerns you. A son, a daughter, a loved one, a wife, a husband, a country. Your business, investment, finances, or health. He said before you bring the request before him, after you prayed and made a supplication, before the request, before you ask God of anything new, first give thanks. Recognize who he is. Acknowledge the fact that he's capable to do something about it. So praise him. Give him thanks. Tell him, I know you are capable. I know you have what it takes. I know you can change the situation. I know you are a game changer. I know you can turn the tables in my favor. It doesn't matter what is against me. I know in whom I have believed. And I believe God. I believe God. That it shall be unto me, even as it has been spoken unto me. It doesn't matter how bad the circumstances looks like. Ladies and gentlemen, weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Are you hearing me, somebody? Put your hands together and give God some praise. It doesn't matter. Sometimes it looks like your enemies are always winning. It's not true. Time changes. The other day, David said in Psalm 3, he said, why have they prospered and flourished that resents me or hates me? How come they are doing well that are against me? And it looks like everything is against me. Then David said in Psalm 3, he said, they didn't just resent me or despise me. They didn't just mock me, but they had the audacity to even say that there is no help or hope for me. That means God, even God can help me. But you see, the Bible said, thanks be to God 
who maketh us to triumph always by Christ Jesus. Always. Not every now and then, but always by Christ Jesus. And David said, though they have said there is no hope for me, and it looks like they are doing so well, and I'm despised, looked down upon, rejected and forsaken, and it looks like nothing is working out for me, David came to the conclusion and said, I'm going to praise you. And this was his praise. He said, for thou, for thou, O Lord, art a shield about me. Psalm 3. What is happening to my people on the screen? Psalm 3. Thou, O Lord, art a shield about me, my glory and the lifter up of my head. Put your hands together, somebody, and thank God. Thou, O Lord, art a shield about me, my glory and the lifter up of my head. The other day, David said, he said, I have seen the wicked. I've seen the ungodly and the wicked. Like a great mighty tree with many wings. Have everything they can think of. Many years ago, I had a friend of mine in an African country. I won't mention the name. And he took me to his master bedroom. And he pressed a button by the wall. And a cabinet just opened. And every currency of the world you can think of was there from top to down. And all these expensive rings and shoes and everything. And I said, I want to, I said, why did you bring, why are you showing me this? He said, I want you to know who you are dealing with. And when he said that, I lost respect for him. And I vowed in my heart, that I would deal with him, but I would never ask him of a dime until the day he died. He will fly to Ghana with his private jet to see me. And I never asked him for a dime, even though I needed help and money, I never asked him for a dime. And one day I was with him and the wife, and he said, you know, before you came in, me and my wife, we were just talking that how come we have blessed everyone you have introduced to us to preach in our church? but we've never done anything for you. And I said, because you are not my source. You are not my source. God is my source. Yeah. I have learned by experience that when you share your need with people who are capable of helping you, they choose rather to despise you and to look down upon you. But God does not despise us. He doesn't look down on us. The Bible says, cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you. He cares. Come on, put your hands together. So thanksgiving gives us access into his presence. And thanksgiving is an attitude. Praise is an attitude. It's an attitude of gratitude required of us at all times. As we go ahead, you will see something. Come with me to Psalm 30. Psalm 30, verse 11 and 12. Thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing. You've turned my mourning or grief into dancing. Psalm 126, the Bible says, And when the Lord turned again our captivity, we were like them that dream. I prophesy to somebody right now, I don't know who I'm talking to, but I see the Lord turning your grief and turning your mourning into dancing. Somebody is about to dance one of these days. If you believe it, put your hands together, say yes. You know, the other day, David the king was dancing before the Lord and his wife, Micaiah, was very embarrassed and upset with David. And when he came home, she met him with a critical spirit and began to despise him and said, what is wrong with you? Don't you know that you are a king? Don't you understand protocol that kings don't act this way? 
Why did you expose yourselves to the daughters of Israel? Who are you trying to impress? This is wrong. And David said, my darling, number one, understand that I was a shepherd boy at the backside of the desert. And the Lord took me from nothing to something, from nowhere to somewhere, from nobody to somebody. And gave me your father's throne. And he said, however, let me make it clear to you that I wasn't dancing before the daughters of Israel. I was dancing before the Lord and I would dance before him again. And the Lord smote Micaiah's womb with barrenness. And she was the only woman in the Bible who died barren because she despised one that was dancing before the Lord. Today we don't dance before the Lord. We are uptight. We are too much into ourselves. We are very sensitive about what people think of us than what God thinks of us. Too much self-centered into ourselves. But I dare you from today to stop thinking and worrying about people around you. Hear me. I will show you who is required to worship or to praise the Lord. One. And number two, who does not praise the Lord? Two categories of human beings on earth. There's a category of people and things, including animals, that is required to praise him. And there's another category that does not praise him at all or cannot praise him. Let's look at it, Bishop. Psalm 115 verse 17. The Psalm, dead praise not the Psalm Lord. Psalm 115 verse 17. Look at it. The dead praise not the Lord, mm -hmm. neither any that go down into silence. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are one, I don't care what your argument may be. You can justify it however you want to. But it's the dead that praise not the Lord. That means if you are alive and you can't praise the Lord, according to scripture, you are dead. Only the dead cannot praise the Lord. If you are alive this morning, Will you please put your hands together and praise the Lord. Amen. Let's see the next thing that praises the Lord. Bishop. Psalm 150 verse 6. Psalm 150 verse 6. Psalm 150 verse 6. Look at Let it. everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Let what? Everything that hath breath. Let what? Everything. Including the beast of the field. Everything. That has what? Breath. Do you have breath? Do you know how many people are fighting for breath and oxygen? Throughout this lockdown, I have prayed for people. Fighting for breath and for oxygen. Taking off the machine. And they'll call and say, Papa, she can't breathe. He can't breathe. They are putting him or her back on the machine. And I said, it's okay. You'll be fine. Just had a text from someone and said, Papa, I'm off the machine now. I can breathe now. You don't know what I know. And you are sitting here breathing free. Yeah. Free breath. You are breathing free. You don't need oxygen. You don't need ventilator machine. And you can't open your mouth and praise him. And all you are doing is complaining, complaining, complaining. 
about everything that is wrong. If I were you, I would open my mouth and say, thank you, Lord, at least for life. Thank you that I'm still here. Come on, somebody. Say yes. Sit down for two minutes. Let everything that has what? Do what? Thou hast turned my morning into dancing. You've turned my morning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth. Put off my sackcloth, my grief. And gathered me with gladness. Gathered me with gladness. To the end that my glory may sing praises to thee. To the end that my glory, my tongue, my tongue, my tongue is your glory. My tongue may sing praises unto you. And not be silent. And not be silent. Oh Lord my God, I will give thee thanks. I will give thee thanks for gratitude and appreciation. Forever. Forever. A lot of you are keeping silent. Mr. Soundman, you are in big trouble. I will not keep silent. I will not be silent. Do you know how many people are silent of what God has done for you? God has been good to you. Delivered you, protected you, shielded you from what killed others. And you can't open your mouth. You are silent of God's goodness in your life. Even if you don't want people to know about it, can't you write your testimony and send it to leadership through the protocol people? I said, I don't want my name to be mentioned, but I want to share the testimony of what God has done for me. Years ago, when my father's house, and there was this lady that was so blessed, and she told a friend of hers, I don't want the church and Papa to know that I'm blessed. Uh, if, I, if I tithe the correct way, they will know how blessed I am. I don't want anybody to know that I've been blessed. And sometimes people go to the extent that they don't even want God to know how much God has blessed them. They don't want God to know that God has blessed them. That is how foolish we can be. Hey, don't let Papa know. Don't let anybody know. Hey, that will hide it. If you do the correct thing, everybody will know you are blessed. But we don't mind when we are doing things for ourselves and for what we care about. But when it comes to the house of God or the work of God, we don't want anybody to know how blessed we are. He said, I will not keep silent. I will not be silent about it. I will talk about his goodness. I will say it upon the mountains and the valleys. Are you hearing me, somebody? I will not withhold what is due God and his house. I will not act ungrateful. I will not be ungrateful. I will not act as if God hasn't done anything for me. I will not sit on the testimony. I will not be silent and sit on God's goodness. Some of you, God, have been so good and kind to you, your family and your loved ones, and you act as if God is dead. You act as if God hasn't done anything for you. And yet you are sitting on the blessings and the goodness of God, and others don't know about it. And others don't know what God has done for you. Instead of you to testify, to encourage others, to build up the faith of others, you hide it. And every time you expect God to do new things, do something new. Yesterday is gone. Another day has come. Do something new in my life. Hmm? Do something new in my life. You want something new? What have you done and said about the something new he did yesterday? Every day something new. And yet you are silent about it. You don't give testimony. You withhold. You hold back. You haven't done anything for the house of God. Let me show you a scripture that will blow your mind. Second Chronicles 32, 24, and 25. I'll show you, a, I'll show you something about a king in the Bible who was supposed to die. And he turned to God and petitioned God 
and God spared his life. And after that, God spared his life and he did not die. He was so arrogant and God was not pleased with him. He was silent about God's goodness and God was angry with him and the country. Look at it. Second In those point. days, Hezekiah was sick unto the death uh -huh. and prayed unto the Lord and he spoke unto him and he gave him a sign. But Hezekiah rendered not again according to the benefit done unto him. For his heart was lifted up. His heart, he became arrogant. Therefore, there was wrath upon him you see, and upon You see, none Judah. of us, hear me, those of you sitting here, I've seen people who made vows in this house. People make a vow when they are in trouble. God, if you do this for me, if you heal me, if you change the situation, if I get my promotion, if my son or my daughter pass the exam, or if you change this and do that, I will do this and I will do that. And as soon as God does what he has to do, they forget. And they act very arrogantly. As if God has never done anything for them. And they forget their vows. They forget. They forget. And they begin to act as if they are everything. And they despise others. Look down on people. Think they are the best. There are women who cry unto God for a husband. And as soon as they marry, they mistreat and mishandle their cooks, their drivers, their security, and people who help them in the house. Very, very arrogant. Don't treat people nicely. That is the spirit of Vashti and Esther will take your place. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. You are not nice to anybody because you think you are a madam. You have forgotten that once upon a time you were a single woman. And you were lonely. And you had nobody. Even in winter. Sweating in winter. Sweating in the snow. In the snow. Now you are a madam. You have forgotten. And you, Mr. Gentleman. A hustler. Today you become somebody. Honorable. Yeah. You have arrived. You won't return people's call. You disrespect everybody. You dishonor everybody. Not because you are better than anybody. But just because God has favored you. And you have something others don't have. And you think you have arrived. Nobody has everything. It's just a matter of time. When one of these days you realize that what you have is not enough. That others have something you don't have. God didn't give all to everybody. Yeah. Others have something you don't have. And you have what others don't have. And a time comes. And there come a time in all of our lives. When you will need something. And you will need somebody. And on that day. You will realize. That it is not worth being arrogant and proud. King Hezekiah. Uh -huh. but, he, but Hezekiah rendered not again according to the benefit done unto him. For his heart was lifted up. Therefore there was wrath upon him and upon Judah and Jerusalem. So the anger of God came on him. On Judah and on Jerusalem. Affected everything that concerns him. And that is what happens. That when God is angry with us, it's not just about you. It affects everything that concerns you. He was to die. And he pleaded with God. And God said, 15 more years you can live. And he had forgotten that but for God he would have died. And he started being arrogant. And did not give thanks according to what God has done. There are people who never give thanks to God. According to the measure of the blessing. Somebody came to my office the other day and said, Papa, Papa, uh, today is my birthday. I, I want you to pray for me. Uh, but I brought something little, something, something small, just something little. And I said, do I look like Fio? And does God look like Bibikitwebi? And I said, if you are coming, you don't have anything, no problem. I will still pray for you. I will still bless you. But don't come here and say, Bibi Kitwebi, am I Kitwa? And is your God Kitwebi? 
I said, stop that hypocrisy. Ghanaians are like that. We call it humility. I would say, it's no, it's hypocrisy. Yeah. We don't want people to know how blessed we are. We are always hiding in the name of humility. It is no humility. It's hypocrisy. Because when it comes to what we do for ourselves and things we care about, we go all the way out. But when it comes to God, it's always no kofio, no kobibio, something small. Stop those hypocrisy. If you are praising him, praise him. If you are glorifying God, glorify him. Come on, somebody. Yeah. I think my time is up. I'm going to stop here. We'll continue. We'll continue another time. I don't think I can finish today, so I'm not going to push it. Amen. All right. Let me just stop here because of time. We'll continue. Please stand. Please stand. Lift up your hand. Oh, we bless the Lord and give.
it's never too late to do what is right. So today, we have to close because of time for the third service and the fourth service. But I want everybody today, stop withholding. Stop keeping silent about the things God has done. Learn to open your mouth. Don't say, well, I'm praising God in my heart. You don't praise him in your heart. It begins from your heart. It must come out of your mouth. All the praises of God and all the weapons of warfare and attacks all has to do with our mouth. We know that you were blessed by that message and we look forward to sharing God's word with you once again. For more information on this and many other Action Chapel International products and messages, you may visit our Dominion Bookshop located on the premises of Action Chapel, Spintex Road. Or you may call our offices on 030-701-1851. Or you may also visit us online at www.actionchapel.net. Once again, thank you for joining us today. And may your life continue to be changed in God's presence.